welcome to the Where Does It Come From podcast. We all have more and more stuff in our lives and we're beginning to realise that the making, using and disposal of these items can cause harm to those who made them, the planet and even ourselves. I'm Jo Salter, your podcast host, and I'll be talking with some amazing people who've made it their life's work to do something about this, creating businesses, campaigning, writing books and much more to help us understand and make better choices. In this first episode, I'm talking with Shalini Sheth Amin, the founder of Moral Fibre Fabrics, based in Gujarat, India. Shalini works with local cooperatives, artisan groups and social enterprises to create ethical fabrics and products, supporting vulnerable communities and using traditional eco-friendly processes. I really hope you enjoy listening. Hello Shalini, how are you over there in India today? I'm very well. So nice to see you, Joe, again after some time. And uh, we are well uh, as such uh, in uh, moral fiber. But as you know, all around in India, we are just going through difficult times. Yeah, but, uh, definitely. It, it seems we are like good. My team is well and we are, we are being, being as careful as possible. Oh, that is really good to hear. Definitely good to hear. I was just, um, we were just reminiscing before this call, weren't we, about this time, well, last year we were talking of yes. ethical brands for fashion revolution. And then just before that, we were together, before the pandemic, we were together in India and we had that wonderful evening. We were both speaking at a conference and the night before we escaped, didn't we? And we, we headed in, off by rickshaw into central Jaipur and went out for a meal. And it's such a wonderful evening. My gosh, yes. And nobody thought that what's what was around the corner. None of us did. No. And uh, we thought that, well, you know, this is this is one nice step. And, you know, we planned how we we're going to go ahead from that time onwards, what we should do. And the whole world came to kind of a halt. It's true. So, it's true. Yeah, and, yeah. and that conference as well, it was a wonderful conference, um, the globalization of Cardi. And yeah. again, that we had so many plans and it was lovely to all be together and talking about these wonderful plans, like you say, that didn't all get to happen yet. But um, yeah. now what wonderful memories, you know, to look back and Absolutely. how we were together. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, as you know, we, we are all, we all stay positive and we feel that maybe it's a bit of a time and that that is also has a purpose. I also believe that this uh, year or a little bit more than that has a kind of a purpose that the reason why this, this, this has happened has happened in a way for a, for a purpose. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there was a kind of a gap in what we really wanted to do and where we are now. I don't think it is apart from the pain and misery everybody has uh, experienced. I mean, and my heart goes out to that, but there were lessons to be learned from this as well. And as a mankind, there are a lot of uh, things that uh, we understand or we, we uh, reconnect with from what, what were, how the things were before. So that's, no, I agree. that's my overall observation. Don't you think? Yeah. Yes, no, I totally agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, we just we we've hopefully learned as much positive as um, as we can do in the devastating situations that have happened. I mean, anyway, I'm aware yeah. that people listening to this may not know who we are, <laughs> so I'm going to ask <laughs> <Of course>. you <laughs> ask you to give a very quick introduction to yourself and to the work that you do, if that's okay. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so I am. Um, 
Shailini Shaitameen, and uh, I have been a founder and a senior partner of um, an initiative called Moral Fiber. Um, we are based in um, India, but I have also lived and worked uh, in, in the UK and a few other places. So in a way, I do have a bit of a global experience of sustainability, sustainable value. I come, I'm an architect as a profession as well. So it's in the building industry, in, uh, uh, in heritage, in, in various kinds of conservation. These are the various areas of work that I've worked with. And at the moment, I'm heavily involved with promoting sustainable and circular textile and trying to make a difference in uh, people's understanding and awareness of how fashion industry can contribute positively to uh, the, the world environment and people. So that's no. what we do. And um, from my point of view, uh, I, I'm the founder of a business called Where Does It Come From, which is all about transparency in the textile chain and telling the stories and trying to be as eco and ethical as possible. And I'm also the founder of Ethical Brands for Fashion Revolution, which is a community of ethical fashion brands who are wanting to say, we know who made your clothes to the answer of who made my clothes. So where does it come from? Myself at the time, Just and Shalini, we met um, over LinkedIn really, wasn't it? And it was about 2012, yes. I think. My gosh, yes, yeah, yes. A long time ago and gosh, nearly 10 years, 10 years next year. And we've become um, close um, collaborators in terms of campaigning, in terms of business and um, also friends. Um, and I've been lucky enough to stay in Shalini's house and we've met many times in the UK as well. So we have a strong relationship. Uh, we've built a partnership for change, um, which is really really special for me really lovely yeah. to talk to you um, yeah, partnership for friend uh, for, for the kind of goals that we both uh, strongly believe in I think that is that has always been a big very strong bond between us yes that it's almost like you know we we uh, we learn from each other but also we connect with each other because we have very similar and strong determination and views on things so I yeah. think I think that has been very special. It has. It definitely has. And I can't, I can't believe it's nearly 10 years. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um, anyway, so that's that's who we are. I really want to ask you, Shalini, um, can you give us an update? How has it been for Moral Fibre over the last year? How has it been for you? How has it been for the weavers and the spinners and the cooperatives and artisans that you support? Uh, <clears throat> I think if I recall last time I talked about how... Uh, how the corona was affected just around that time we were in a lockdown. So I explained to you what uh, uh, effect it was having on the artisans, how they were losing work because they were completely based or reliant on uh, shops and exhibitions and all of that had stopped completely because of the lockdown and conditions everywhere else that their, their mobility had stopped. And uh, uh, it was very difficult, but uh, I'm quite pleased to say that uh, in all these difficulties, uh, there have been some extremely positive changes that has happened in, within the artisan community and people like us in India. Um, artisans themselves have, uh, and, and uh, 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 the activists and people have themselves created uh, organization like Creative Dignity and uh, supporting artisans and all that. And they have got themselves together. The, the school children, school uh, um, the, the design school people have got together 
and they have uh, created a kind of a network where artisans who are based in the villages they don't they don't have uh, uh, the the or many of them didn't have the know-how of how to use the camera or use the pic, take the pictures and all that. So the students became buddies to these um, artisan groups and they helped them through uh, uh, smartphones, how to take the picture, how to take the nice pictures of the products and all that, and you know how to explain, how to give the stories. And they were put together and some of the big uh, sustainable fabric uh, and craft brands, they started marketing those products. And they had done some amazing work and that whole network is still alive and going. And, and as I was saying that sometimes all these uh, difficulties get the real uh, grassroots people and real thinkers and real ac action oriented people get, get going. And I'm really, really pleased that that has happened and um, Creative Dignity and many other organizations, they have just brought the whole craft scenario or the artisan scenario in front of uh, the community and the community has connected with it. And now people are looking to, looking, out, looking at ways to supporting them. So that, that, was, uh, that was one positive story of, in amongst everything else that has been challenging and difficult. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Creative Dignity. What a beautiful name as well. Yes, isn't it? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's fantastic because, you know, we hear, um, obviously with my my head in um, ethical fashion circles, I suppose we hear about the pay up campaign where so many artisans and well, more, more, more standard garment workers, I would say, were being not paid, not supported, um, you know, basically left destitute when they when the brands who had already committed to, to ordering things from them didn't pay. And there was so much pressure. So it's so good to hear that there's some positive stories of um, people helping. Um, and I think as well, we, one thing to be grateful for is the technology that we've had over the last year has helped. Um, there's a lot of people using technology now in ways that they would never have thought of before. So that kind of buddying up and support and showing them how to use the technology is invaluable, isn't it? Mm, absolutely right. And um, I was in England in between, um, as you know, and uh, uh, one of the things that impressed me about what uh, they have done is uh, the, the whole local businesses got so much support from the local community like even the restaurants and all that, they encourage people to go and buy or use the hair, hairdressing salon and all that, so that your high street where you, you, you belong to, you know, they get supported, the people get work. And I think the whole awareness of supporting the local or what is, what is near you or kind of a local climate or local uh, environment, I think that has been a, a great uh, change yes. in people's mindset. Yes, I think a lot at, at the people, lowest of the level, which is fantastic. Yeah, I think I think that's really true. I think a lot of people, um, certainly in the UK, in my experience, were focusing on um, trying to keep the businesses that they love alive. You know, we saw big businesses falling down. We've lost a lot of big businesses and a lot of um, it seems like every day we're hearing, hearing of another small business that has collapsed, but also big businesses. So if you I think it's that it's up to you now if you value this support it. I mean, where does it come from? I'm so grateful. We um, similar to you, we switched over to making face masks um, yes. in May because we, we lost all of our business contracts. The retail stuff just fell over because people weren't buying clothing at that time. And any clothing they were buying was things like um, leisure wear, you know, so not um, 
shirts and things like that that we we were, were selling at the time. So we we very much switched over to masks, which kept us going as a business. But our local paper ran a um, an article about it, and it went all over East Anglia, which is the big bump bit at the side of England. And we um, we had so many sales from that. It was almost like it was just constant sales coming in from people who wanted to support us. And I I'm, I'm so grateful for that because it kept us going as a business. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as you quite rightly said, that we also uh, uh, had a very big campaign called Shop to Save Lives. And so far, we have sold more than 50,000 masks. Wow. Again, all, all washable, biodegradable, made by artisans. So and that was our, our direct way of supporting. And, but, and along with that, and like what you said, you know, it also, we also got so much uh, uh, media attention and attention on the social media. So that has got a small orders coming a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and that has got us in the, in, the, in the front line for the right kind of reason, because we, were, we really did, it was quite clear that we really wanted to support the artisan and support the community. So that really helped yes us, I, mean, I think so yeah, yeah. Well, when people realize you know when customers realize that the the reason that you're doing it is yes to survive as a business but you have a, a another reason which is to do the right thing and that is what i i always say to people yes but every time you buy something a mask one of our masks for example you've got the qr code to trace the story so you can see the people who are um, working on them. And for our masks, as you know, it was um, in Maharashtra, the um, Gram Sewa Mandal uh, yeah, yeah. who made them. A wonderful story from there. Um, so it, it gives something people something a bit more. They know that they're doing good. It's not just about buying the cheapest mask. They're yeah. buying a mask and they're also supporting another um, institution that's supporting yeah. other people. So it's a really, really positive thing. So I love fascinating the stuff that you do, really. Uh, well, I and I, 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 this, this really puts everything uh, uh, in, in proper perspective, right? That, mm -hmm. you know, what we are doing, this is a time where we can show and people can connect uh, with it even, uh, even better as well. So it just makes everything so meaningful, worthwhile yeah. and easy for people also to un understand and connect to. So. That's really, you know, really good stuff. That's such a good word that you just said, meaningful. And I think that's that's been a, a message over the last year, hasn't it? To be more meaningful about everything that you do, every choice that you make. Um, we, I think we've we've all uh, we all appreciate, or most people appreciate, the preciousness of life and of nature and and all of that thing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. making meaningful decisions. I like that. That's a really lovely, lovely phrase. Um, so you've been very good at telling us about the positive stories, which I, I hugely appreciate um, that you're doing that. And I know that you've really battled through some struggling times over the last year, as many people have. And um, But I appreciate that you can look and see the positive things that come out of that, which, as we all know, is um, the best way to move forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Definitely. So we talked a little bit about nature actually there. So what do you think in the bigger picture side of things has been the impact on the environment and on people's perception of nature? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because that's, that's exactly what we have been uh, trying to work on and, and develop. So a um, lot of thinking has gone in, in these, at this time because you know, the, the, the orders were coming down, but you, know, you become more observant, you become more sensitive, and you see that people around us are getting a, bit more sens uh, a lot more sensitive and understanding as well. They all have a kind of a pause to really think it through. And as you know, a moral fiber has two pillars. One is uh, 
um, social uh, environmental sustainability, um, like what we say, more fiber fabrics, free the environment from pollution and depletion and free people from poverty. So one side is, has always been the environment and the other pillar has always been uh, the people. Um, and we realized that uh, uh, to tell the stories of the environment, which is becoming more and more significant, important, and uh, uh, absolutely uh, imminent, because the climate change is something that is upon us. And we have all seen what nature has gone through. Uh, uh, and many people believe that it's a life that we have been living so far. The corona has been one of the uh, outcomes of that, or it's one of the reasons for it. So everybody needs to really question what they are doing and question uh, about pollution, question about uh, keeping our air, water, and sky clean. So what we have done, and we've just, we actually have, uh, you will see it in probably a, a week or so time that, you know, we're completely rehowling our uh, um, uh, website and our proposition. I mean, taking it to the next level, that's the best way of putting it. That Moro Fiber is uh, now very much all talking about the environment, the SDG goals. And uh, we realized that, I mean, SDG goal also has uh, the time frame of 2030. And we already are very much deep into it. Lots of things that were started in 2015. And you know, this is where we are. So everybody is really focused on, you know, getting onto those, uh, meeting up those SDG goals. and. Governments have been trying, various organizations have been trying, UN is trying. But one thing that we found out in our work and in our research is that at the end of the day, it is who we as individuals can do is more important. And so we have come up with, with another organization, which is Ahmedabad based called Recycle Green. And they have developed uh, ESVs, that is Environmental Saving Values. So what they've done is that for each product that they sell, they have a kind of parameters, completely very, very deeply worked out parameters where they work out uh, uh, figures, uh, which is like if you have a, say for example, a shirt, which is a normal mill-made shirt, and we have a Kadi shirt. So what would be a savings on a CO2 emission, on water, on... Uh, uh, on saving trees, saving pollution, and all of that. And they have come up to those kind of values, ESV values. And we have uh, now started working in collaboration with them. And we have, we are aiming to develop the ESV of everything that we do, all the products that we do, so that it's, it gives a message that, you know, we as an individual, we have a number now. We know that these are the kind of uh, uh, pollution figures that are there, but we, if we do this, and if we make the right kind of choices, this is how much savings we can make. And that is something that, that we really want to emphasize. And we really want to get people to get involved because once they know the numbers, once they know that things are in their own hands to do something about it, rather than just getting worried about it or, you know, and, and somehow getting actively involved in saving the, uh, the, the CO2 value, saving the, the forest, saving the, the land, so that's something that we are working on right now. And, and we are very, very, very excited that, you know, now finally we have managed to put those kind of numerical uh, values to the products that we sell. 
I think that's that's wonderful. Well, I, we've talked about it because um, obviously we're going to come on board and work with you on, on all of that. And it's so impressive. Absolutely. I absolutely yeah, love yeah. it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's another another thing that um, there's been a real change, hasn't there, in the industry um, away from not away from moving on from developing from the stories of things to talking a lot more about the impacts of things and SDGs is a long sustainable development goals is a large part of that and I think as you say there's now much more um, need for measurable uh, impact to be able to say so people can actually say like this scarf for example I know that by buying this scarf from um, where does it come from that was made by moral fiber we can we are saving this much from compared with buying a scarf from um, a high street um, brand so I think that's going to be absolutely amazing when that is um, is available for all of your products yeah. you know and I'm, I'm certainly going to be yeah. shouting at that from the rooftops and I think it's the same from the the social side as well isn't it I mean I think finding some way to measure because um, we know you and I know because we you see it every day and I've seen it when I visited and heard from you about it about the positive impacts of working with um, artisan groups and rural marginalized groups and cooperatives. We know that you're providing livelihoods, but being able to actually prove that with measurable data and say, we, we gave jobs to these people who you know, would otherwise have found it really difficult to get jobs or people that you have, are vulnerable for other reasons. If we can um, talk about that, that's going to really help people relate to it a bit more, isn't it? Mm, 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 mm. Absolutely. You have been doing quite an interesting work on impact as well, weren't you? Yeah, no, we're, we're looking as well um, at the social side and I'm going to hopefully work with you on the environmental side because I just I just find it one, a bit of a potted history. Um, I don't even know if I've spoken to you much about this in, as a bigger picture, but where does it come from? Obviously started off as a retail brand purely and really over the last couple of years, I've been trying um, to drive that into more of a B2B uh, business primarily well two reasons really one is because um, there's been a lot of emerging um, ethical fashion brands that are doing a fantastic job and as far as I'm concerned I'm happy to let them do that job of creating ethical fashion and doing amazing things I'm trying to my what my vision is impact I want to be making a positive impact um, so I'm happy to let them do the fashion stuff and we'll carry on doing our basics but I've been trying to get businesses who have got budgets for things like corporate clothing for gifts for um, mm -hmm. their own products let's get them spending that budget on ethical and sustainable goods and to do that you need to be saying explaining to them why they should be doing it so by doing this you might be spending a bit more but you're having this much impact on the environment you're having this much impact on the people that you're um, giving jobs for and we can tell you that by showing you the whole traceable story all the way through so as you know because we've worked on several projects together so far um, that is starting to get traction at the moment it's needing the evidence to persuade people that it's worth them spending that bit more money so but we're pushing on with it and uh, we obviously will be working hand in hand with moral fiber on many of these projects i'm so excited that now that you take all the work the hard work that you've done and you know you made made these uh, 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 where, where do the clothes come from the transparency to such a high level you know by talking about it constantly and you know come communicating with people and selling the products accordingly now you're going up to the next level of talking to the corporate. I think that is where 
um, the measurables always come very handy to them because they want to measure their own impact. And I think uh, this is probably the best time for everybody to be able to do that and to be able to use uh, this opportunity to make wise choices. It's not that you, we are saying that you don't choose anything, you don't have it, but you make the wise choices. And I think that is where your contribution is going to be so fantastic. And I really, really wish that more and more people buy into it and you know get uh, get uh, the impact analysis done. So yeah, it would be yeah, really that, exciting times. Yeah, it is, it is really exciting actually. I mean, at the moment, what we're seeing, to be honest, is we're, we're talking to a lot of businesses, as you can imagine, and um, smaller businesses, I would say, that already have this ethical, sustainable vision they're very much up for it some of them can't afford it but we build the relationships with them and sometimes we may compromise a bit on products so they'll say i want to buy i don't know a thousand and actually i can only afford 200 which i know you and i find that sometimes slightly frustrating because that's a huge amount of work for a small amount of output um, and what we really want is the bigger companies to take those same steps and say well we're going to buy ten thousand of that uh, twenty thousand of that because then we can start having the traction can't we between us of making real yeah. change making real positive impact so Absolutely. if anyone's yeah. listening come and talk <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would sure. be fantastic yeah. can always yeah, can I'm always sure tell yeah but anyway. at least uh, it, even even uh, uh, sometimes i feel uh, uh, joe is that uh, um, of course people are going to buy it and we want people to really buy into it but even the to create that kind of a awareness of an impact that you're making, even the talk that you're having, the conversations that you're having with people and making them aware that all these matters. Maybe sometimes you know, it takes, takes some time, and maybe, maybe this is a bit ahead of time, but at least we've come so far from what, what it was before that nobody really bothered just getting from China or getting cheap was completely okay. And now people realize that it is not okay. You know, yes. I think that itself has been a, a great contribution that uh, you guys have made. And Thank I mean, you. jointly made, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that, that is a change of conversation. And certainly I'm finding that it used to always be about money, didn't it? The whole conversation was about money. How much is it? No, our budget yes. is only this. We can't do anything. Oh, well, there's no point in even spending the time. But now there's a big drive in, in big businesses. Um, and I, I want to particularly mention NatWest here, NatWest Bank, because NatWest Bank have put so much in place to try and support. They put a climate accelerator together, which we're on. Where does it come from? It's on. And um, they're doing all sorts of projects. And they don't just talk about the money. Of course, as a business, you have to consider the money. But there are other, you, other measurable impacts on your marketing, on your corporate social responsibility, and on staff retention, because people want to work for a business that is doing yes. good, you know, and you and I know we're both working currently on a project with a big um, financial auditing company. And if that comes off, that will be a major step forward, because that's a company that would always have looked at the bottom line uh, now looking at yeah. bigger things so yeah. important and they can then take the lead uh, uh, joe which is which is going to be great the companies like that the companies that you're working with right now and once they take the uh, the, the the steps towards it i think they themselves become a dual advantage that they they would use it but at the same time they can become the the thought leaders yeah. and action leaders i suppose so yeah. that others can follow that well if they can do it we can do it and i think that is it, it's always uh, it's always challenging it's always difficult it's always uh, 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 almost unthinkable that oh how can this big companies are ever going to think about it but if you don't do it 
then it's never going to happen. Exactly. So that's exactly something right. that you learn from an experience that you have to keep hitting at it, keep going at it, keep going at it in a positive manner, in a, in a, in a confident manner. And, you know, put your cases across, put your, your, your thoughts across and, yeah. uh, uh, put, and the, put the reality across yeah. more than anything else, because these are the realities that nobody's talking about. So it's good to really talk about all of that. And I think that is where you ca- you're going to, to uh, move the, uh, the, the, the signpost and move the uh, companies towards a different level. So well, I somebody, think that's fantastic what you're doing here. Yeah. Thank you. Somebody very clever um, <coughs> said to me a couple of years ago, and I'll, I'll, I'll name drop her, it's Claire Lissaman, the founder <coughs> of Arthur and Henry Shirts. And she said to me a couple of years ago when we were having a conversation that um, basically a lot of smaller business might go under. If they are the thought leadership businesses, the reality of the world is they might go under, they might lose their business. But just by existing, they have pushed the agenda forward just by doing what they did and talking the talk customers expect more they go to the bigger companies and say well those people were doing that why can't you do that you know so although financially they, they, they their vision that might be just to drive the conversation forward even if they don't succeed as a business themselves and I find that quite heartening in a way that you think well it won't have ever been a waste if whatever happens in the future it won't ever have been a waste for any of us because yeah, we'll have pushed yeah. the story forward anyway yeah. thinking of time one um just one more thing oh, I yeah, wanted go to ahead. say yeah, <laughs> uh, well, it is something that uh, when, when you're talking about their name and somebody said that, I, I remember you probably, it was not your words, but you have always coined the word human to human. Mm-hmm. And we are going to use that for our next campaign, that human to human without costing the earth. That's lovely. That is lovely. So that's no, something that we are going to take forward. So that's something which, which you contributed to Moral Fiber while you. we were talking about it. Yes. So this is going to be uh, human to human without costing the earth. It's something yeah, that we're going to go ahead with. I don't remember where that came from. I think it just came out of a conversation when you because you have B to B, don't you? Business to business. Yes, yes. And for me, yes. as you know, I get really cross with this whole, oh, it's just business. It's not personal. <laughs> it's just business. But no, we're all humans at the end of the day. We're absolutely, all people. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Anyway, talking of people, that brings me on to my next question, which will probably change the mood a little bit. We um we're hearing terrible reports on our news um, and from friends and colleagues in India about what's happening there. So first of all, I want to give you my um, sympathies and tell you that you're all really in our thoughts at the moment. But if you could give us an outline of the situation um, that you're seeing, that you're hearing from your, for yourself and also the artisans and the rural marginalized communities that you're working with about the current situation with the pandemic. And also if there's anything that anyone listening can do to help, please let us know. Okay. Um, yes, of course it is, uh, uh, it is painful. Of course it is painful to see uh, there's so many people struggling. And I think as I explained to you in the beginning that the, the whole thing sort of shot up so fast and this new strand that has come up um, that creates people who really get corona, they get uh, the, the breathing problem very quickly in two, three days time. So there has been, the, the first, first wave was uh, not like this. You know, people were getting the, 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 the infection, but most of them were at home or they were getting treated uh, in the hospital without the, the hospital, uh, uh, the oxygen and all of that. But this trend is something that really goes into the people's lungs very quickly, those who get affected. And that is, far, that is why, I mean, I'll give you an example that uh, in, in my city, Ahmedabad, 
uh, we had uh, generally the, the uh, oxygen need was something like 75 units a day. And within two days, the oxygen need became thousand plus units. And uh, I'm not saying that, I mean, of course, at the moment, everything looks really, really negative, but we also know that the government and the municipal corporations and the hospitals and all that, they are increasing the beds, they're increasing the supply, they're increasing. But the way things are happening, it is completely out of hand for anybody for that matter. And they, everybody agrees that what, ha what is happening in the, this, this last month in India is unprecedented. You talk about Brazil, you talk about uh, uh, USA, but this was a very quickly, very fast, very quickly, like it was like a fire. It sort of really uh, engulfed everything. Mm. So that was one thing. Second thing was that uh, last year, it wasn't really affecting the villages. This time they do. And people say that, you know, younger people also get it, but probably that is because the, so many older people are vaccinated now. So they get less of it, but the younger people do. So that is another reason where it is a lot of concern. And at the moment, I mean, more than anything else, it is just supplying oxygen and supplying the, the, the medication and all that and trying to all coordinate everything. Um, we are very, very grateful now that we're here that we are also getting uh, support from other countries. Uh, but uh, it is painful. It is really, really sad to see how people are struggling for the basic things. And uh, it can't be helped. I mean, uh, no matter you, you, you as many blame games you can make to to uh, to inf uh, to support the, uh, the the political parties that you believe in, the support the governments that you believe in, okay, all of that. You can have as many battles as you want, but that is uh, at the end of the day, the supplies has to be there and the support has to be there, and everybody has to be working together to do that. And I know quite a few group of individuals, group of. Um, NGOs, uh, the, the, the charity uh, uh, groups and all that coming out, helping out. Even if you go into the hospitals, the free food is supplied. Because another thing about the, the, the corona is that when somebody is in isolation, what happens with the food? So the food supply people have increased, the medication, you know. So there are a lot of, lot of charity uh, things coming up. But of course, the pictures that you see. And one, one, one thing I wanted to say here is that uh, I'm sure other countries, including UK and Brazil and America and, and uh, uh, European countries and all that, they have seen huge number of lo losses, huge number of deaths, and they, they must be going through very similar thing. Unfortunately, in India, I think those things really come out in the media with, you know, spread uh, pictures are like all over. And I could be wrong, but to me, it just is kind of a, 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 a a kind of a intrusion into people's privacy when they are mourning. And I think that is something that I am not really very comfortable with. But I suppose that's a freedom of press and freedom of press does, does help because it brings out the issues. But sometimes, you know, all these aspects also come up. So the, the only way we can help, I mean, I can request everybody that please uh, don't stop ordering uh, stuff from us and don't stop your, uh, uh, or, or if you are not, uh, 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 buying from uh, artisans from India, please do that. There are lo lots of other, apart from what Moral Fiber does, as I said, there are lots and lots of other uh, portals where uh, they, they spe specifically uh, support crafts. And if anybody's interested, I can give you the details and the names and all that, be it uh, fabric, be it uh, uh, 
uh, uh, you know, they make uh, all kinds of uh, uh, brass things, metal things, all of that, and uh, 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 lots of work with stone, lot of work with ceramic. So there are lots and lots of artisans who work with some amazing things, and all of their work is stopped. And at the end of the day, once this tide is over, people are going to be even more uh, in need of money because uh, all the savings that they had for all this time are getting depleted and depleted, and then the work is not really coming their way. So once this tide is over, I think my my huge, huge request is that support the artisans, support the locals, support the uh, and the people who are uh, marginalized, support to other people in the villages. And uh, well, we can, uh, between you and I, we can even help uh, people to find those kind of uh, things if they're looking for things and you know, we can work together. And yeah. I think... Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, that, that's, that's lovely, a lovely thought because I think you're right. Every, we, we see the pictures of what's happening now, but we have to think a month, two months down the road, we need these people to have work when they're starting to get better. They need to be having livelihoods. They need to be um, having dignity of the work that they want to work with. So that's a really good point. And yes, there are um, organisations in the UK um, that buy from artisan groups such as yourself. Um, mention Boho Homes, Ethicana. Um, we can link them up with all of those. Cardi London, of course. And um, we will you know, we'll keep supporting you through the things that you buy from where does it come from on all of our friends that you hear me talking about and, and linking up with. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's really important that we keep buying because, as you said, that whole buy local, buy community, buy meaningfully, to use that word again, has such a positive impact mm -hmm. on people. So, mm -hmm. um, yes, I, I take your message completely um, for, for that one. Yeah. So it's all about the choice, uh, I would say, uh, Joe, that, you know, what kind of choices you make and how your choices are going to impact people. And I think this is a time to really think very hard about the choices that we make and, you know, make your choices, as you said, quite meaningful and something that really takes you forward. So, yes, yeah. that, that is that is exactly right. And that moves me on beautifully to my last question, which is what would you like to see for the future? Moving out of this pandemic, what would you like to see? the world for moral fiber looking like and your artisans? Wow. Um, I think I really would want to believe that people have learned uh, the true value of things. And the true value of things is when you, I mean, we have a, in India, there's a big uh, uh, campaign that's, uh, uh, it's called uh, Vocal for Local means that uh, uh, I think what uh, uh, our prime minister was trying to say is that anything to make it into a kind of an international brand, it has to be very popular locally. First of all, you know, promote the local products so that they become a kind of a, of a big, big brand in India. And then, you know, they can become bigger brand abroad. That's what has happened everywhere else as well. So they are saying that, you know, support your own and all that. But at the same time, I take this one step further and I said that uh, uh, support your uh, uh, local environment where it is uh, not just uh, uh, the, the community and the crowds, but also your local environment, wherever you are. And I think that is where it makes a lot of difference that, you know, wherever you are, you support your own local stuff. And if I, if I say that, well, uh, how will that translate to people like... Uh, you all in, in, in England, because we are supporting our local community. But at the same time, and we say, say for fabrics, 
not many many, many uh, England doesn't really uh, Britain doesn't really produce the cotton or the fabric. So when they try to buy it, at least they have to see that the, the fabrics that they are buying or the products that they're buying are supporting at least some community somewhere, rather than uh, big business houses and you know people who work on a global basis and and all that and support reducing the uh, uh, air miles while production. That is another thing that we are really really supporting that. Uh, even if the bigger, bigger uh, fashion houses or buying houses, right now it is like you know buying the cotton from somewhere and yarn from somewhere and stitch from somewhere and so they any product we can do so many miles even before it reaches the the shop. At least one thing that they should as uh, it should do is that if the, they get the fab, uh, 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 yarn from somewhere or fabric from somewhere, it has to be produced locally. So at least what uh, whatever that you are doing. Are supporting at least one community rather than doing just for, for money pinching your taking the product here there and everywhere rather than that if you just support the communities wherever it is whether the community is here or in Ghana or in uh, in Chile or in anywhere but at least be more uh, community-based production that you should be supporting that's my yeah, I don't know it's making sense or not. It is yeah. making sense because to me, it, it chimes beautifully with the whole transparency thing, doesn't it? Yes. And we're, hear, yes. we're hearing so much at the moment about um, um, about transparency at last, thanks to movements like Fashion Revolution, people are talking about bigger things than just, you know, where it was made. So my big bugbear, as you well know, is when you buy a T-shirt or something and it says made in the UK. And of course, it's not made in the UK. It might have been sewn in the UK or something like that. But the cotton will not have come from the UK. Definitely, definitely not. Um, so you need to have a bigger transparency trail there. And then you can start seeing things like, did the cotton come from India? Then, it, then did it get taken to China to be dyed? Or, you know, did it get taken somewhere else to, for something else to happen to it? Or something to be printed on it before finally ending up um, in the supermarket or the, the shop where it was for five pounds? I mean, you and I talked recently about jeans, didn't we? Because we have a client who's wanting to build jeans, make jeans, and they're coming. We found some um, organic certified cotton jeans in Tesco for 15 pounds but when you start <laughs> yes. breaking that down to, to to how that could possibly be and this is not running Tesco down in any way because I know they buy lots and lots of um, organic cotton and, and work that way but it's it's looking at the chain as it goes through um, of these some of these things and people unfortunately the expectation then becomes that paying five pounds for a t-shirt or 15 pounds for a pair of organic jeans is the right price whereas of course if you break down the transparency um, then that's uh, that can be seen to be a lot of nonsense. Um, the only caveat there is that when I did speak to um, about the Tesco issue, again, there's another whole thing around bulk buying, isn't there? So um, that's an, another reason when you're working <coughs> with smaller artisan groups, you can't work with the same kinds of numbers. And so the prices will be higher for that as well. But generally, I would say the transparency story things coming from one area you're avoiding all that carbon of traveling things around and it's going to be so much better for the community and the environment to do that so as, as the projects we we work on everything's made within Gujarat the cotton's grown in Gujarat they were spinning the weaving the sewing the dyeing everything in Gujarat then Absolutely, one journey yeah. to the UK and it's there so and I think to me mm. that that's about as best as you're going to get with cotton 
Absolutely, absolutely. From the UK. Anyway, um, we've had a lovely chat and um, we've been going for about 45 minutes or something like that. So I think we that's can go on forever. We, you and I will go on forever. And hopefully <laughs> we'll be able to do it face to face, some lovely place. Oh, you know, seeing inside absolutely. your studio and I can hear the birds outside singing there. And it just makes me think, oh, I really wish I was there. Um, I know you have peacocks yeah. nearby and you know how I love peacocks. Um, and monkeys and all sorts of things and one day <laughs> I hope to come back soon sure. and I'm see sure. it sure. um, yeah. and yeah. anyway best of luck to you with and what you're you. doing and we will talk yeah. regularly as we always do and my best wishes to the rest of the team um, and uh, thank you very much for spending the time talking with me this, today. Thank you so much Joe. it was really great talking and thank you for inviting me for this chat and uh, all the very best. <laughs>